0: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you need to do what I do. Ready? I get it. I get it. That's for me. That's for me. I, won't I won't let go. Think you can do that again? Without me? That's for me. My oh my! You don't have to copy anymore. I'm glad that somebody didn't say my oh my. But you may be seated. See if you can remember that as we go along here. Uh, I do need to say that I'm I'm very glad to be here. Uh, And Denise is as well. You're glad to be here? Yeah, she's glad to be here. Uh, But we are here because of friends of yours who, I don't know, did you, are you members here still or did you go somewhere else? Boy, oh boy, I don't know. I heard about this local church thing, but anyways. Tony and Munira uh, are up there in, uh, it's up from here, isn't it, or is it just over? Up and over in uh, Greenville area. They came to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania last May, and they took some training that we had there, and we can't get rid of them since then. (laughs) But uh, no, we're glad to have them. And I'm just going to mention this because I'll forget. We have prayer cards out on this table right there where everything important, like Tootsie Rolls and things like that, right over there. This is a prayer card. This is a, actually a prayer magnet. If you, uh, if you want to hold up another person's prayer card, this will do it right on, <laughs> right on your fridge. So we'd love if you'd take those and you can pray for us and pray for good soil. Uh, can we go ahead and put that up now? Look at that. That yeah, was a teaser. <laughs> okay, here we go. So this is, what I decided to do for this is we're going to just look at the Good Soil website for the next 21 minutes or so, and we'll talk through some things there with it. It said this is the Good Soil website. If you go to www.goodsoil.com, that's what you'll find. If you go to .org. It'll still get you there. But don't go to .com. Goodsoil.com. You can see there's some things across the top. We're running into, is this a, is it a little weak or something? It keeps flashing and stuff. But, um, but you can look at that. It says, what is good soil? You can see that, right? Now, uh, somebody read that next line for me. Just kidding. Uh, I realize you can't read it, but if you had it right in front of you on your computer, you would be able to read it. But it says what good soil is all about, and it comes from the parable of the soils. The sower and the soils, you're familiar with that, right? How many soils are there? How many? Yeah, that's good. You did a good job there. Okay, and what are the soils? There's rocky, right? And there's thorny, thorny. There's, okay, there's the thorns and things, but there's another one that's it's like the wayside. People are walking by the beautiful farmland they see, and, and they step on them, and the birds take it away, and there is good soil. Those are the four. And good soil evangelism discipleship comes from that. What is really interesting, again, you may not be able to see it here, but in that, uh, that green square rectangle, it says Matthew 13:23. Did you know... That the good soil or the, the soil parable shows up three times in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke. All three of the synoptic gospels, it's there. And when Jesus explains the parable, he, he explains in Matthew 13 23, it says, But he who received seed on the good ground of the good soil is he who hears the word and understands it. He understands. So that word is a Greek word. It's suniemi, and it means put the pieces of the puzzle all together, and you can say, I get it. Do you remember that? Can you do that part again? I get it. Okay. That's in Matthew. But here he is in, in, now Jesus probably told this parable. He could have told it a hundred times for all we know, but I'm sure he told it several times, and he said it in, in what language? Probably Aramaic, mostly. You may have spoken Greek as well different times. But the Bible, the New Testament, was written in Greek. So it had to get from Aramaic to Greek. And he told it several times. In Mark, it's recorded. Almost the like same exact parable. Almost the same exact explanation. But here it says, But these are the ones on the good ground, those who hear the word and accept it or embrace it. They are saying, that's for me. Not only they understand it, but they say, yes, I want that. I'm embracing. Now, wouldn't that be wonderful that everyone with whom we share the gospel, first of all, gets it. They truly understand it, and they say, yes, that's for me. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's what we'd like. Those are good soil people, right? Then we flip over to Luke and it says, but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. They retain it. They hang on. They won't let go. That is a good soil person. Do it with me again. You ready? I get it. Yeah, those are good soil people. So it's pretty interesting then if you flip to this last one. It says, good soil, E and D, evangelism discipleship, is a careful attempt to try to assure that the people to whom we minister clearly understand, genuinely embrace, and firmly hang on to the gospel. That's what we really would like to see, and that's why uh, we do this thing called uh, Good Soil. And right there, you can read that. Can you read it with me? Starting with helping. See that? Helping people understand, embrace, and hold on to the gospel. That's what this stuff, it's the technical term, stuff, right? But that's what good soil is all about. The training and the resources that we provide is to help people understand, embrace, and hold on to the gospel. So uh, let me just flip down here for a little bit. We're going to show, it's just a short little film. They're uh, going to make sure the sound is good and we'll watch this. It's already playing. It's nice music, isn't it? Yeah. We got nothing. We're on HDMI. Yeah, my volume's at 100. Might need to be higher, but... Is that 100? Don't worry about the sound for now. Look at what's happening. This is good soil training. See all that boring lecture stuff happening? It doesn't go that way. A lot of interaction. Working at the flip charts, and they're studying the Word for themselves. It was a great clip. I say a lot of cool things there, <laughs> but, but that's all right. You know what? That is so that you'll say, you know what, I want to see that clip. And I'm going to go home and look at goodsoil.com and I'm going to see that clip, okay? But that's all right. So if we just get a little bit more familiar with this. Is it 155 already? Oh no, but we're going to 230. Okay. I'm thinking, I got five minutes to wrap this up. <laughs> See, we just slid down the page a little bit, and there's all these boxes. I'm not sure you can even read these, but it says short-term mission trips. And what I'm going to do, can you read those? Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hit the arrow, and we're going to see a few more show up. But I want you to be thinking about these different ministries. You know in Ephesians chapter 4 that the pastors and the evangelists, the apostles and prophets, laid the foundation, right, of the church. We don't have them anymore. But now the pastors, pastor, teachers, and evangelists equip the church to do what? The work of the ministry. I like to give that girl a Tootsie Roll. All right? So, so that's what it's all about. So these are ministries that <clears throat> Good Soil can help you do or help equip you. So look at those ones. And I want you to think of the one that you are most involved with or the one that you maybe do or would like to do. So you see those. I'm going to flip to the next group. Okay, there's some more. I'm going to go to the next group. If you have trouble reading silently, you can do it out loud. That's okay. Now, did you find at least one that you are involved in? Raise your hand if you found at least one that I that you yeah or you'd like to be. Okay. Sorry about the rest of there, folks. Somebody tell me one that you say yeah I want to learn I want to I want to hear more about it, which is one yes, medical. All right, let's see. Oh, it's right there. Okay. So when you go to the site, you would just, can you see my, there it is, the mouse. I'm going to click on medical. And now I would go down through here. It talks about medical ministry teams. You can use it. You can read that, of course, if you could. Oh, my, here's another little film clip. (laughs) And this one's funny. So I'm, I'm going to skip it for now. But it's pretty, it's a good, fun little clip. And then you have training for worldview evangelism and discipleship. So you can come take the basic seminar. We'll talk about, more about that later. It would help. Oh my, there's a bunch of pages that we can learn. Trainer certification. Here's a testimony of John, a missionary in Colombia, uh, related to uh, medical and the story of hope. There's a lot of stuff here that would help you. I'm not going to... Oh my, look at that look, look way over there. Look how far... There's another testimony. There's a bunch of stuff, okay? So that would be able to help you if you were involved in medical missions. Somebody else had one that you said, I want to see that one. Short term. -term. All right. And that is still on the same page. Okay, that's easy. So short term mission trip. Proper planning with the right training and resources are the key to a successful short term trip. And so there's that film again. All right? And there's a testimonial. There's some things that could happen for it. So no matter, and I won't go all the way down here. This isn't, well, we won't talk about that right now. I'm going to go back here. Any one of these ministries in which you are involved or you might want to be involved, the Good Soil training and resources could help. So if you go later to goodsoil.com, you'll be able to see that. Now, if I go... Back here, I'm going to go all the way back. Uh, And we're going to go, we're going to click on this thing again. And we're just going to look down through here a little bit. We talked about those three three verses and the three verbs. What are those three verbs, do you remember? We didn't use them as verbs, we said, I... Get it, that's understand. We said, which is embrace, and we said, I won't let go, or hang on to, or retain. All three of those different Greek words uh, that those are based upon. So if we just go down here, what is my role? And this is part, this is the training. It's a really cool thing. How many have read the book, What's Gone Wrong with the Harvest? by uh, Engel, fantastic book. We took some stuff from there, developed a scale. Uh, fantastic. We're talking about worldview noise. Do you ever talk to somebody and it's, it's like, ooh, 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 you're not getting through? Some of it could be worldview noise. Uh, they're just not getting some things, but we can cut through it. And you'll learn how to then peel the worldview onion. A lot of fun stuff there. You could learn how to use the story of hope, which is our basic deci- or evangelism tool. Here's another little film clip, somebody using the, this chronological bridge to life to help somebody come to Christ. And this, by the way, this clip, the, the pastor there was actually working with this man. He was having Bible studies with him, and he said, would you mind helping me? We're going to do this clip, and he did. This man came to trust Christ as his Savior, but uh, this is a clip that we have showing how to use a certain tool there. That tool is called the Chronological Bridge to Life. There's eight essential gospel elements. And here they are. Uh, God, man, sin, death. Will it go over? I guess it goes down. Christ, cross, faith, and life. You put those eight words, just eight simple words, but what goes with those words is the gospel. And you can share that uh, easily with somebody. So that's that. And then we have the way to joy, which is our principal discipleship to first steps discipleship. And uh, just a lot of stuff that would happen in that training. So good. Oh, I wanted to do one other thing here on the site. So we'll go back to the beginning. You see at the top, there's these different things. They're kind of hard to read now, but it says resources and training and ministries and translations. We have a lot of our tools in up to 41 languages now. Uh, And so if you have people with whom you're working, different languages, you can do that. Um, So you can go do that across there. Um, Who we are? Oh, I think it's in here. Who we are. Let's just look at that for a second. There's these distinctives. Eight essential good soil evangelism, discipleship distinctives. Uh, the text might be a little small, but the first one there is, you can see it's a scroll, right? See the scroll? Biblical and theological foundation. It's where this comes from. This isn't something that somebody sat down and said, you know what? We ought to work on some evangelism training. Comes all, all comes straight from the Bible. Worldview relevance. We want everything that we do to be able to be shared relevantly to somebody. You know, a lot of times somebody's from a different culture, a different background, a different worldview. We want to be able to share so they can understand. And that's what we're uh, what we do. A lot of our training to help with that. The third one there. It says priority baseline of transferable training. Now that's really technical. And if you come to the training, you'll find out what that means. Focused on what's that saying? Can you do that again with me? I get it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I won't let go. I get it. That's for me. I won't let go. All right? Based on that again. Uh, a selective niche marketing gorilla style. Another, this is some technical stuff. But the idea is we want to be able to share with people that care, people that want the same thing. We're going to share it with them. And we have this double vision with a single focus. Now, you thought double vision was bad, right? Not necessarily. We are international and North American at the same time. When Good Soil was first developed, it was for our missionaries because our missionaries needed training to go overseas and, and reach people cross-culturally. And so we developed it specifically for them, international work. But we found out more and more that people in the United States needed some help, and they actually, the world is coming to us, right? I mean, we have people, you might have people down the street or in your condominium that are from a totally different background. This type of thing can really help because you're sharing uh, for their background as well. Missional business balance. Uh, we, you know, some of our materials we sell. We have a ton of materials we just give away uh, because we want to help, we want to serve. But some of them, they cost money. But for example, in, uh, in Haiti, we have never sold one thing. Everything's just given away because they can't afford it. And in the Philippines, there's a certain price for the same thing that you'd pay more for here. And all around the world, it's based uh, on that so that people can get it. Professional excellence with a missional motive. These are our characteristics. Some of that may mean something to you. You may say, wow, I like that. Maybe not. But uh, that at least helps you understand who we are uh, and what our distinctives are. So up at the top here, you can see this training. I'm going to just click on that a second. And you can see that we do this Good Soil seminar and trainer certification. Everything that we do, we want people to be able to not only do it, but train other people. We don't want to say, yep, we'll come and train you. No, let's get other people doing it and spreading it all around. So you can come to Harrisburg, take the training, the training and the trainer certification, and then you could do it here. Uh, but also, uh, let's just look at a couple of these, and I'll mention something. There's a Good Soil online. Hooks for hanging the Old Testament, New Testament storylines, moving beyond lecture, which is a, a, a um, interactive teaching seminar. How can I teach effectively, interactively? Bible storying. learn Bible stories and tell them effectively, roots of faith, Old Testament, New Testament, biblical theology, powerful courses. Uh, we had a guy who was taking, he had an MDiv, master of ministry, I mean, a master of divinity. And he was a pastor in a church of about 2,800 people. And during the training, he threw his pen down. He said, what's the matter? He said, I'm telling you what. I've learned more from the Old Testament in three days than I learned in three years of seminary. They're good, powerful courses. Those are available up in Harrisburg as well. Uh, and then some other things here. So those are all training pieces that you can come to Harrisburg to take But we can come here and do it as well. Tony and Munita have gone through the training. And uh, we now, Denise and I, live in a place called Fountain Inn. Isn't that pretty? Fountain Inn, South Carolina. And uh, we can come over. Your pastor and your leadership might say, hey, let's get that training over here. We'd be glad to come over. Do it like a Friday night, all day Saturday. And equip you folks to be able to do these types of things. So we'd be glad to do that. And then also, just so you know, there's this blog up here and all kinds of great stories of what God is doing through Good Soil around the world, but also <clears throat> some training type pieces. There's a series down here. It's called Good Soil Basic Seminar Overview Series. You can read those 25, yes, 25 articles. <clears throat> and it's, it's like the training. All uh, online here. And Essentials for a Truly Evangelistic Church. A lot of good stories and and training pieces in the blog. Some people like blogs, they want to be reading and doing that all the time. Uh, If you don't, just ignore what I just said. But if you like them, then you can do it. I want to ask you a couple questions. I'm going to, this is flashing like crazy back there. So I'm going to close that. Oh, isn't that nice? Um, I'm going to turn this off. I want to ask you a question. Well, let me, let me tell you this. Margaret Mead, how many know who Margaret Mead was? Okay? A well known anthropologist. And a student once, she was a, a teacher, a student asked her what she would consider to be the first sign of civilization in a culture. First sign of civilization. I want you to turn to your neighbor or two or three around you. Like if you have, you, know, you can look on both sides if you want, and try to answer that question. What do you think she said? What is the first sign of civilization in any culture? Just talk about it for a minute or two now. Okay, that's all the time we're going to give you. What did, what did you come up with? Somebody just shout out what you think. Does you have a good answer? Okay, Margaret Mead probably. Language, ooh, that's good too. What would you have? I'm sorry? Get out of here. Go go, authoring. He read the book. That's good. That's exactly right. You know, the students were thinking, oh, oh, let's see, uh, a clay pot, a plate, right? Fish hooks, right? Grinding stones. They're trying to come up with something. And she said it's a broken femur. A broken femur or thigh bone. Why? Because you break your leg. <laughs> if you're an animal in the animal kingdom, you're not running away from... The, you're the hunter, the, somebody's coming after. You're not going to get water. You're stuck. But in civilization, human beings have a broken leg that's healed. That means somebody helped that person get away from danger, helped that person get water, helped take care of that person until it was healed. And she says, a healed femur is a sign of civilization. It's interesting. Uh, and so she ended up saying, Again, I don't know that she was a believer, but she says, helping someone else through difficulties is where civilization starts. We are at our best when we serve others. Be civilized. Be civilized. You know, in the book of... There's so many verses. I, won't, I, I have four verses I want to share. I'm going to share one. But in John chapter 13, it says this. A new commandment I give unto you. This is Jesus talking. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. That's the same idea. (laughs) The Bible says that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom. That's really what we ought to be doing. We ought to be serving others. And our love is shown by helping somebody with a broken femur, right? Or whatever else they need. And your neighbors and family members and people you buy food from or you buy trees from or whatever you do, they need to hear the gospel. So that's my challenge. I'd like you to go to the Good Soil website. I don't know if you picked up on that or not. Uh, or you talk uh, with your pastor. Maybe we can get some training here. We'd love to do that. But for the last 14 and a half or 15 and a half minutes, uh, we're going to just change gears really quickly. And uh, we're going to just look at a, a Bible passage if we can. So uh, I'm going to move back here. Uh, well,. Probably a lot of you don't want to turn around, do you? So I won't go over there. But I'll come over here. Can, can you still see me? All right. Can you count with me? Everybody count. One, two, three. Well, hold on. Let's count by fives. Ready? Five, fifty, stop. Almost 25 years had passed since God promised Abraham he would give him a son. And now, Abraham's almost 100 years old. Sarah, 90, and that precious little baby boy came along. I'm sure they they loved rearing their little boy. They got a promise. Some time passed and God spoke to Abraham again. Abraham, here I am. I want you to take your son, your only son whom you love, I want you to take him to a place I will show you in Muriah and I want you to offer him as a burnt sacrifice there to me. That would be difficult. The Bible tells us that early the next morning Abraham got up and he went. But I don't know, he must have thought about it all night long. The Bible does tell us in Hebrews that he did think God could raise the dead. Maybe that comforted him. But regardless, he got up early the next morning and he chopped that wood for the sacrifice. And he saddled the donkey, called his two servants, he called his son Isaac, made sure he had the knife and the fire, and they started on their way. I'm going to have to have some help here, okay? So when I do this, what is that? He saddled the donkey. I want you to say that, everybody. Ready? He's, he called his two servants. He called his... He made sure he had the... That's sharp, okay? That's sharp. That's a knife. And the fire. Now, does that look like fire? Sure it does. Thank you. There. There are a couple different ways they may, that he may have done that. It says that he, he got the fire. He could have had a flint that you know he was going to make some sparks with. But sometimes, a lot of times they would do this. And I see them do this in India still today. They get some kind of a metal pot. And they get those hot coals in there. And they can carry them with them. And they keep the fire going in there. And then when they stop, they can start a fire. So... He got up early in the morning, and he he called his, and his, he made sure he had the, and the, they started on their way to the place God had told them about. Thing is, they walked all that first day, and they didn't arrive. So the Bible doesn't tell us, but I imagine they made camp, and lay down for the night. Second day, he got up early, apparently. He did what? He called his, and his, he made sure he had the, and the, they continued on their way. You know what? He traveled all that second day, and they had not arrived. So again, imagine they lay down for the night, Third day. And they continued on their way. That third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place. He stopped, he said to, you wait here. The boy and I will go. We're going to worship God on that mountain. And we will return. So the Bible tells us that he took that wood and he put it onto Isaac's back. Now, I don't know if the donkeys were carrying it till now or if the servants, but he placed it on Isaac's back. He made sure he had the and the they and continued on their way. While they walked, Isaac spoke, Father. Here I am. I've got the wood on my back. I see you have the, uh, and the. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God Himself will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. They continued on, and they got to that place that God had spoken of. And Abraham, how old is he now? We don't know, but he's more than 100. Isaac could be anywhere from 14 to 20, but Abraham built an altar, right? He built the altar. He took the wood and he arranged it on the altar. He then tied his son and he placed him on the altar. He took the knife. Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not harm the boy in any way. For now I know that you fear God because you have not kept back your son, your only son whom you love. Abraham looked up. He saw a ram caught in a bush. This is beautiful here, but we'll make it our bush he brought the ram and he sacrificed the ram in the place of his son. Abraham called that place Yahweh Yirah, the Lord will provide. But the angel of the Lord was not done speaking to Abraham yet. He said, the Lord God swears by himself Because you have not kept back your son, without a doubt I will bless you and your descendants will be like the stars of the sky and the sand on the beach. Your descendant will rule over his enemies and through him I will bless all the nations of the world. (laughs) Abraham and Isaac worshipped God that day on the mountain. And they came back down they're way over here. They joined with those servants and they went home together. True story from Genesis, do you know where it is? 22. So now I'd like to ask you just a few questions to finish up. First question. What was your favorite part of the story, I'm talking about the story what was your favorite part of that story, it may always have been something else new may have come up did you have a favorite part, anybody just pop up your hand okay, I heard something but I saw a hand, yes ma'am alright, good, I like that Abraham's intentionality in preparing to obey God, did somebody say something in here God saved his son. That's a pretty good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Hebrews... See, there's one thing I didn't tell you when I started the story. At the very beginning of the story, in the Bible, it says, the Lord tested Abraham. We had that. We knew that as we started reading. Abraham didn't know. And yet he still did it he obeyed. He didn't think, well, maybe God will raise the dead. Still pretty hard. Yes? Here we go. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, he did. And like I said, we don't know his exact age, but he he's probably at least 14. Abraham's over 100. I can take him, he thinks. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yes, I know. I like that. Good. Yeah. He did. hmm Excellent. You realize the promise came in twelve, chapter twelve. In fifteen it becomes a covenant. But then in 17, 18, 22, where we were, 26 and uh, I think seven and eight, God reiterates that promise. but Abraham believed them. He believed him, and he did it based on that. Um, yes, ma'am. Yep. And Abraham didn't know that. Now Abraham, that's where Abraham's faith really came in. <laughs> Isaac, "Hey, where's the lamb? God will provide. Now, he had faith that God would provide in some way. It wasn't a lamb, it was a ram, but his faith was blessed. God responded. And sometimes we don't have to know everything, do we? But we can have faith that God's working and he will work. So, that's good. Was there anything you didn't like about the story? No, it's all good. A lot of times some people say, "I don't like that God tested him, you know or that he had to do that. I mean that was hard, right? Uh, it would have been It would have been very difficult, uh, but God God knows what he's doing right uh, One more time, I not you just chat with your neighbors, what do you think is And we're going to say the lesson. A lot of times there's more than one. But what do you think is the lesson? What is the lesson from that passage for us today? Talk with your neighbor. All right, we have to wrap it up. So let's hear Somebody, one person, who's, great, that's a nice sentence, I like that, God rewards obedience and provides, you snuck that second thing in there, but that's good, two things, yes, yes sir, Samuel is it, that's what I meant, Fernando, faith, and what was the last, faith or trust, same, good, same thing, good, good, faith, very nice. We'll, t- we'll try to wrap all this up. Any others want to share? All right. Good job, Fernando. i th- It's hard to say exactly one thing, right? But I like these two that were shared. And the fact is, there's faith involved. I mean, Abraham... <laughs> It, it was, uh, he believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. And we have that in the New Testament several times. So that, we've got to say, Abraham is our example for faith. There's no doubt about it. But there's another piece to this that I can't help miss. That's exactly right. Unlike pagans, God does not require human sacrifices. In fact, later it says he abhors it. Right? But So, Abraham had a bunch of pagans around him. And he saw pagan sacrifices. And God said this. So he didn't know. At this point, he doesn't know. But what does he do? He had faith, but there's an O word. It's called obedience. He obeyed. And that would have been so hard too. But he did it. So wherever we are today, whatever's going on in our lives, we got at least two lessons out of this. We can be faith, we can have the faith of Abraham. And, uh, of course, he's the example for all of us. We see that later. But how about obedience? Is there something you think God wants you to do or you know God wants you to do and you're like, eh. we need to do it. We need to obey. And really, we need to have the faith in God, that he's going to work even if we don't want to do it and maybe help us through what might be what we think is too hard. Faith and obedience. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for this example, powerful example of faith, of obedience. Lord, we pray you'd help us to be like Abraham. Help us to obey. Help us to place our faith in you and not turn back.